0: Amen. I invite you to remain standing for our reading of scripture today. We have three scriptures uh, which you will hear. The first out of Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. And then we'll flip over to Hebrews chapter 12, read verses 1 and 2. And then we'll flip backwards to the Gospel of John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. So we'll just take them one by one this morning as we hear the word of God. First out of Galatians 5, chapter 22, verses Uh, through verse 25. The words of Paul, By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. of the throne of God. And now over to the Gospel of John chapter fifteen. I couldn't have my fingers in three different places and still read, so I gotta actually flip there. <laughs> John fifteen nine through eleven. As the Father has loved me, says Jesus, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read and word is proclaimed, help us here with joy, with joy. What you say to us this day in your name. Amen. Well, today we continue our series. We started last week on the fruit of the Spirit. And today we talk about the fruit of the Spirit that is joy. And just a reminder uh, throughout the course of this series, when I say or mention the phrase fruit of the Spirit, we are defining the fruit of the Spirit as those actions which show evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life and as a Christian these are the actions that people should witness in all of our daily actions in our living this is the place to start whenever you're we are new Christians seeking to live a life that is surrounded around the way that Jesus lived his life so our goal as Christians should be to live as Jesus lived as closely as we can And we learn to do that through this fruit we call the fruit of the Spirit, which is produced by living a life that is guided by the Holy Spirit. Any of you familiar with the satirical uh, publishing site called The Onion? The Onion is an online satirical news article site. So they publish... Satire. Does everybody know what satire is? It's not fake news. It's funny news. <laughs> A lot of it is geared around current events and stuff, but others are just plain funny, and we can all relate, especially Roy. <clears throat> they, uh, the Onion published an article one year, uh, and it was entitled, this was the, the title, Man on Cusp of Having Fun suddenly remembers every single one of his responsibilities. And I'm going to read you the article, so I'm going to be quoting it, so I'm going to read it to you. Marshall Platt, age 34, came tantalizingly close to kicking back and having a good time while attending a friend's barbecue last night before remembering every, each, each and every one of his professional and personal obligations. Backyard sur- sources confirm this. While he chatted with friends over a relaxed outdoor meal, Platt was reportedly seconds away from just letting go and enjoying himself. Got to find my place, I'm sorry. <laughs> and enjoying himself when he was suddenly crushed by the full weight of work emails that still needed to be dealt with. An upcoming wedding he had yet to buy airfare for because of an unresolved issue with his Southwest Rapid Rewards account and phone calls that still needed to be returned. Platt, who suddenly sunk into a distracted haze after coming to the razor's edge of experiencing genuine joy, fully intended to go through the motions of talking with friends and appearing to have a good time, all while he mentally shopped for a birthday present for his mother and made a silent note to call his bank about a mysterious recurring $19 monthly fee that he had recently discovered on his credit card statement. Everything's fine, said the tense, mentally absent man whose girlfriend asked him what was wrong after his near-giddy buzz vanished and he remembered that he hadn't called his aunt yet to check up on her after her surgery. I'm having fun, he said, according to sources... Platt tried to put his responsibility-laden thoughts out of his mind and loosen up. But suddenly remembered a magazine subscription that needed to be renewed by Friday, a medical bill he thought might now be overdue, and the fact that he needed to do laundry by tonight or he would run out of clean socks and underwear. this ever happened to you? You're trying to have fun, but your mind is so overrun with things that you know need to get done. This happens to my wife every night right before bed. And sometimes an 11 o'clock cleaning is necessary. If this ever happened to you, it's okay to admit it. Renowned theologian and author Paul Tillich asked the question, is not the decision to be a Christian... A decision for the joy in God instead of the happiness of the world. Let me read it one more time. It's not the decision to be a Christian, a decision for the joy in God instead of the happiness of the world. I wonder what the true answer to this question is for myself, and I wonder how each of us would answer this question for ourselves. You know, week in and week out, we come to church, and, and I'm, I'm a part of this too, that's why I say we, because it becomes the same for me. We come, we sing sim, we sing hymns like joyful, joyful, we adore thee, and, and we call God the giver of immortal gladness. We, we sing hymns like all thy works with joy surround thee, and all these works call us to rejoice in thee. We sing that God is the wellspring of the joy of living, and, and we ask God to, to lift us to the joy divine. We sing how music leads us sunward in the triumph sun of, song of life. And we sing these hymns and others that are joyful expressions of worship, but are we really as joyful as the words of the hymn seem to indicate or, are those our true feelings, or are those just the feelings of the author of the song, Henry Van Dyke? Today, we will talk about the fruit of the spirit that is joy, and we are going to look at the question: How can I be joyful in a world where happiness comes and goes? How can I be joyful in a world where happiness comes and and goes? by the word joy that we mentioned this morning. Joy is translated in the Greek as chara or chara, C-H-A-R-A. And it literally translates to mean delight, gladness, cheerfulness, which can and and here is a and here is a, a part of each definition you will see throughout this entire series. Each of the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit can only come by way of the Holy Spirit that results from knowing and serving God. So joy is delight, uh, gladness, and cheerfulness, which comes only by way of the Holy Spirit, that comes by knowing and serving God. Now, joy is not an emotion. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a state of being. A lot of you are saying, ah, that's where he's going with that. (laughs) Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a state of being. Joy is a byproduct of being in a consistent relationship with God through Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit. It is the raw feeling we get when we finally understand how amazing God's grace truly is. Joy is what drives our need to worship and to serve God. Joy is the difference between coming to church and worshiping God because we have to versus coming to church and worshiping because we want to. Are you with me this morning? Say amen. Amen. Joy is a thrill with all of the goosebumps and chills that come with being in the presence of God. There are so many ways to express that joy in worship. We can sing at the top of our lungs. We can shout with a loud voice. We can play a pipe, a harp, an organ, a trumpet, a flute, any instrument. Even if we don't hit the right notes. We can make a joyful noise unto the Lord even when we can't sing the right notes. Because thank God the psalmist didn't say, make a joyful noise to the Lord only if you could sing in the right tune. (laughs) The psalmist said, make a joyful noise to the Lord. God doesn't care for out-of-tune folks. He just cares that we want to be making the noise. Joy is an action of dancing, of leaping, of stomping our feet, whatever it may be. Joy is a smiling face, it's twinkling eyes. Joy is expectant feelings. Joy is getting all bubbly inside and feeling the emotions rising up from our toes all the way to our tops of our heads. Feelings sometimes which we have absolutely no control over. Have you been there? There are so many ways. That this joy can overtake us. Have you ever been so overwhelmed by joy in the midst of worship. That tears just swell up in your eyes and you can't stop it. And they come flowing down because you are so overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. That it just comes from the inside and becomes outside through your tears that flow. Because you are so joyful in the Lord. You are so thankful to God. Have you been there? Every single worship service should be an opportunity for unashamed, blatant, tearful, outrageous, uninhibited joy. When it isn't, it lacks one of the outward indicators of the presence of the Holy Spirit. A relationship... To a, joy, to a joyful God through the joyful Jesus leads us to be joyful disciples. I want to say that again. A relationship to a joyful God through the joyful Jesus leads us to be joyful disciples. Abiding joy is to be found in God's presence. Because just as God is love, we learn that joy is also at the very heart and nature and character of God. God is joy. In the Hebrew scripture, we learn that joy was exemplified in the life and character of Jesus and was set forth in his teachings. Jesus is the first and the only who ever and who will only obey God perfectly. And thus began the new covenant, the new agreement, the new promise between God and God's people. He set forth the course of faith. He ran the race first and now waits For us to join him at the end. And he encourages us all the way in this journey. And he encourages us with joy. He is also the one who brings us to our intended goal. Because of his sufferings and his obedience. He was willing to die a shameful death on the cross. Jesus endured all that he endured, not for the fun of it, because I don't think it was fun. Jesus didn't endure all he endured for the glory of it, because there was no glory in being beaten to a pulp and nailed to a cross. There was no glory in it, not Jesus didn't do it for the power that was in it. There wasn't any power in dying on a cross. Jesus endured all of this suffering on account of the joy He knew that would follow and the opportunity for all of the people He loved to have the opportunity to be joyful in the end. Jesus did it for joy, the joy that was set forth before him, the joy of being in the presence of God. Jesus kept his eyes focused on the goal of his appointed course, the accomplishment of his priestly work and his seat beside God's throne in heaven knowing that a great reward was coming for all of God's people, gave Jesus pure, unadulterated, uninhibited, unconditional, exuberant joy. How many of us can be like Jesus today? We don't look at our earthly discomforts but keep our eyes on the spiritual invisible realities like christ we should, pers- we, we should persevere in our times of suffering looking to christ as our model and concentrating on our heavenly destination will we be perfect like jesus no chance not a chance. We were never designed to be perfect, but that doesn't mean we can't look at our sufferings in this world as, as a chance and an opportunity to face them with the joy we know that is coming one day through everlasting life. Being with God, obeying God's word, doing God's will on this earth, It produces joy in our hearts. It enables us to endure anything for the sake of joy we know that follows. Joy represents our eternity with Jesus and with God. Is it easy to look on and say, boy, I'm going to suffer today for the sake of Jesus, but I'm going to be joyful about it. Is that easy and is that natural? No. And that is why Jesus was the only one who could do it perfectly. Because our humanity gets in our way. And we cannot be perfect in our joy. But that never can stop us from trying. How can we be joyful whenever the news is what it is? How can we be joyful when we see suffering around the world? How can we be joyful when we don't get our way with everything? You know, that, que- that line of question could go on and on and on. But the gospel message for us today is this. We can be joyful when we experience the presence of God by way of the Holy Spirit. Because we know, we know that Jesus was joyful for us. That no matter what we do in this world, God is still rejoicing for His children. And there is nothing this world can do that can take that joy away. How will we be joyful this week? And how will we do it even in the face of what this world throws at us. Joy comes only from God. And if it comes from God, this world cannot take it away. This is the gospel message. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen.